0: Thanks for listening to FYI Stillwater, where you will hear information about your local government you didn't know you need to know, straight from the source. Be sure to check out other news and information from the City of Stillwater at stillwater.org, or find us on Facebook and Twitter. Hi, I'm your host, Sherry Fletcher, Director of Marketing and Civic Engagement. Today my co-host is Tommy Marshall. Welcome, Tommy. You kind of jumped in last minute, right? Yeah,
1: it's been kind of a crazy day here. There's a lot going on.
0: So anyway, so Tommy's going to be my co-host today, and I'm really excited about that. Uh, Tommy is the multimedia technician, and she's been with us since... um, January, right? Yeah, it's crazy.
1: It doesn't feel like it's already been like seven, eight months. I know we're gelling so good. So much going
0: on here and Tommy's helped us out so much about it. So what are we talking about today, Tommy?
1: Well, today, our guest is Joy Stanley, the assistant chief of the fire department. And we're going to be talking about all things fire department. And we've got a couple basic facts here. So, the Stillwater Fire Department is a professional municipal department comprised of 71 uniformed personnel and two non-uniformed serving a jurisdiction of 30.2 square miles. Well,
0: wow, that's a lot of interesting stuff about the fire department. It's a big area. So uh, we're going to be talking to Jory today. And like you said, we're just going to be talking all things fire department. So welcome, Jory. Thank you for having me. All right. So we start all of our podcasts the same way. We're going to ask you a lightning round of random, but revealing questions. Are you ready? I am ready. All right, Tommy, go for it.
1: All right. So if you could change places with anyone in the world who would it be and why?
2: I would love to change places with a beach bum. A beach bum? Oh
1: my god me too.
2: Yep a hammock, um, a tent on a beach, and a beverage watching sunsets in the Caribbean.
0: That is my life dream. It just sounds
1: I'm, like the life. Yes. I want to
0: be one of those old women you see running in bikinis, and they're like so sun damaged, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, she doesn't have a care in the world." That's going to be me. Yeah, barefoot all barefoot. day, every day. Yes, Listen
2: yes. to some music, stress free.
0: Oh yeah, um, yeah. Then just you know, the sunset. Uh, God, yeah, the beverage is not not too bad either. Awesome, yeah, we can we we got to figure out a way to get there. Yep,
1: yeah. All right, question number two: If you could be guaranteed one thing in life besides money, what would it be? Health. Oh yeah, that's a good good health. And
2: Mm. uh, so much in our profession today, you see people that's unfortunately not in that good of health, or we wouldn't be seeing them on a call. So. Good health, you know, and it would live, allow you to live a happy life, uh, stress free without a lot of the problems that it brings you. Yeah,
0: you don't really think about it when you're younger, especially like Tommy's age even. Uh, you're young, young, carefully. I mean, carefree. I do have my own issues. Yeah. I'm broken
1: in my own ways.
0: Yes, yeah. <laughs> as she wears a brace. Yes. Uh, but it's so true, and when you start getting older, you know, and, you know, especially into my age and stuff, it's kind of like things stop working well. I had double knee replacement last year, And it's like, oh, how did I get old? You look back,
1: and you don't realize you took those things for granted.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, health is everything, absolutely. But, yeah, that's a good one and a wise one even. All right. Well, let's just kind of jump into the uh, interview, Jory. So you're the assistant um, chief. So what was your career path, and how did you get to that position?
2: Oh, career path. I started uh, at Stillwater Fire in uh, 1995. So you've always
0: been a fireman?
2: here in Stillwater. Yes ma'am. Um, I went, started here in 1995 uh, as a firefighter and an EMT and back when we ran uh, the EMS transport uh-huh. and uh, went to paramedic school and uh, went up through that route, became a medical officer. Then the fire department went from uh, a medical officer to in the chief of training and worked chief of training for a few years. And then promoted up to uh, assistant chief, and here in three more months it'll be 25 years. So. Wow,
0: it goes fast, yep. doesn't it? And it sure does. Wow. So, um, so what? What was the impetus to become a firefighter? Was that something you've always thought would be a career path, or was it a surprise to you? You know,
2: as, as you go through high school, you play team sports, and right. you want to be part of something big. And when I was going to college at the time, you know, I, I just couldn't find, even though you was taking general classes, something that you felt like you was going to be a part of. Right. So then when you get into a service-driven profession like the fire department, police, something of that nature, military, you, you feel more like a team. And then right. that's what uh, ended up pull a mirror and I gravitated over to that profession and started taking classes to help prepare myself to get a job
0: right because you are a very caring person I've uh, been on uh, teams and stuff with you and that that service part really comes out in you so the thought of like I'm going to join the a team of firefighters because you you want to serve the public and it is an important thing to do but you guys do work very closely and it's it is definitely set up as a team
2: Absolutely, you know, and for the ones who have families, I mean, they'll be the first to speak. Uh, you spend more time typically during a week with the firefighters and the people at your station than you do your own family, yeah. And the way that our shifts are constructed today, we work 48 hours on and then 96 hours off if you're on a shift assigned to a station, and so you know, they're spending. Forty-eight hours, whether it's running calls, doing training, participating in uh, whatever activities may be assigned for the day, and it, it just—you begin to get very close. You know everything about them, their families. Yeah, and it's and it's tough. You know when something happens to one of them, they get injured, they get sick. Even when someone retires, you know, right. you spent so much time, it's like losing a family member.
0: Oh yeah, I imagine. Uh, I mean, and you you have to depend on each other, so there's a lot of trust in there too.
2: Oh, for sure. Trust as far as to be able to get things done and get it done in a timely fashion. Mm -hmm. And um, you know what people's strong points are and maybe their weak points. And so you make up for each other with those.
0: Wow. I think that would appeal to a lot of people maybe who are not necessarily had thought of that as a career path but for the certain type of people this is really a good career path especially the ones that also kind of like the adrenaline because I could see that as something that would appeal to a lot of people as well because even though your day I'm assuming you just don't know what your day is going to be.
2: That is correct. I mean, when you walk in that morning, you honestly, you have an idea what the day is going to bring Mm -hmm. with your normal activities that you have planned out. But that's what makes the job is the unknown. Yeah. You know, uh, the bell goes off and and it may be a medical, it may be a fire, it may be a rescue, it may be a hazmat situation. Right. And you You just have to be ready. Absolutely. So you
0: said that you uh, served as the trainer for a while. Yes, ma'am. So what What goes into training a firefighter in is it like constant training, or once you learn it, you know it?
2: No, there's so many things that change so frequently in it, and there are so many different specialties within the fire department, and you have so many continuing education hours that you have to maintain, uh-huh. whether it be for HAZMAT, whether it's EMS, and some of the regulations that the state health department imposes uh-huh. for you to keep up. Some of it may be over inspections. Some of it may be over rescue equipment and over firefighters. Fighting because, you know, it's not as easy as putting water on a fire. There's yeah. there's certain things that you can do to make a fire more survivable for others rather than just busting in there and keeping the door open and going in and putting right. the fire out. So.
0: so I'm going to imagine the pandemic has altered your life, or is this something you've just always trained for?
2: No. Um, I will not tell you that we've always... You, you try to be prepared for everything, yeah. but the pandemic has... It's definitely opened our eyes to some things. It's caused us to think differently within our department and change some of our responses. We've actually taken over, added a fifth station and using the Senior Citizens Center. We had 11 people at one station. So that
0: kind of spread out the groups a little bit more. Yes, ma'am. Just so that you guys, because you guys are living together. Yes.
2: And if somebody was exposed and we don't take out 11 people or just a little less than half our shift, you know, we may take out three or four Mm -hmm. and go through a quarantine period but we're not losing half your department on right. shift
0: yeah the the pandemic has changed uh I mean, it's it's like yeah we know you're supposed to wash your hands yes we know you're not supposed to come to work sick but it really has put a spotlight on just how we've been living our lives absolutely uh, so i imagine the people that have gone through this pandemic and the professionals and stuff this is a life-altering uh, exercise
2: yes ma'am and from the very infancy of this and how we was approaching things to where we're at today Mm -hmm. uh wearing the mask all the time around the stations and some of our responses and we've actually went back and tried to reduce the risk of exposure and transmission to our 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 personnel by reducing some of the uh, ems calls they respond on right and so We only respond on certain types of incidents now, Uh whereas we was running um, quite a few EMS calls. Yeah. uh, We have scaled that back to reduce that exposure.
0: So, like in your stations and stuff, like here at City Hall, uh, we have a crew that cleans continuously. We've uh, kind of partitioned off the building, depending on what type of service it is, so that it really reduces... groups kind of commingling so it's it's a little bit more straightforward you go in this door you exit this door you don't you don't have access to other parts of the building Uh, did you guys have to take did you take a fresh look at your buildings and how you um, I don't even live in them
2: Well, to to some extent, there's only so much that we can do since they're living in those 24 hours by taking people out of those stations Mm -hmm. where there's not quite so much and quite so much contamination and um, spreading them out. Uh, We still clean all the time uh, with those guys, making sure and making sure that they're social distancing. We don't let groups uh we used to get larger groups 20 22 people together for training we all went to a basically a zoom approach and when we get on a call even on an emergency call we try to keep that commingling of groups because you know i'm interested in how your life is going and so at a fire we talk and so that's been probably one of the most difficult is, you know, taking a, guys feel as though it takes away some of that uh, personable time that they have with one another. By-
0: yeah, I, I'm feeling that too because, uh, you know, like here – like we do make phone calls and we do you know the virtual conferences just to check in on people but it is different when you have that face-to-face contact and you're talking to somebody i was talking to a librarian and they have fewer people coming in and she was talking about how much she missed just shaking hands with people and just you know are you okay what can i do for you Uh, so she's really missing that personal uh, interaction that was part of the job that it's not quite there at the moment. So, uh, for service oriented people, that really is, it's, I mean, they feel it. Yes. You know. Sure enough. Well, let's talk a bit about, um, how one becomes a firefighter. Uh, do we have new people coming on all the time or is it like pretty stable and it's the same people for long periods of time?
2: Uh, for the most part, it's the same people for extended periods of time. And typically the way that, is either somebody leaves for a job or retirement, Uh and it will cause a vacancy. And so it will cause us to start going through the hiring process.
0: And what does that look like? The
2: hiring process uh, takes about two to two and a half months with all the testing and everything and the verification. And it's a very rigorous process to get in to pass everything. For one, to go into the fire service, what we look for is they will typically have what we call a Firefighter 1 certification and a Firefighter 2 certification. And they will take those either through a college or through a technology center or -hmm. through OSU, sometimes through OSU fire service training, or they may come from a volunteer background Uh uh, into a professional paid department.
0: So what's the difference between a volunteer and a professional one? Is it the certification or training?
2: Um, A lot of times they will have the exact same certifications. Uh, A volunteer department, they're just not getting compensated uh, for doing the job the whole time. And bless every one of those individuals who does that because they may maintain a full-time job and then they go in and put this additional time in serving their community. And they're going to have the same amount or the same certifications that we do here at Stillwater Fire yeah Uh, but they're trying to get those on the weekends after hours uh, whereas we may end up sending some of our personnel to get additional certifications while they're on duty
0: because I have several of my cousins do that. Uh, they live out in a rural area. They have regular jobs, but they still do, uh, they serve in that capacity for these small uh, communities. So, uh, but you're right, it's like, it's extra. It's, you know, they do it because it's the right thing to do, and they, yes. they can do it. So to be a, a firefighter, does it require a certain amount of strength? Is it, uh, is it a physical job?
2: It is, it is a very physical job, and uh, whether it may be pulling a hose, uh, lifting a body, rescuing somebody, oh, yeah. uh, pulling equipment uh, off of a truck over your head, it does take a certain amount of um, strength and stamina, uh-huh. and uh, you've got to have the cardiovascular to go along with it because uh, if if you get to thinking about the gear, the pack, the heat.
0: Yeah, all the stuff, the the wear, the gear looks very heavy. I mean, even the boots look really heavy.
2: the, The gear and everything, it does become cumbersome, and then if you put a hose on your shoulder and you're pulling hose, or you're carrying a chainsaw, or climbing a ladder, those things, and then in addition to the elements that you're working in, and whether it's an extreme heat, extreme cold, wind, rain, um, those will end up uh, causing additional strain on the body.
0: Awesome, uh, because because when you go up there, I mean, these look like fit people. It's you know, so obviously that's who you want to come and take care of you Absolutely. if uh, something happens. So, in addition to the physical, uh, because you kind of alluded to it with the certification and the the medical background, so in addition to knowing how to put out fires and and rescue people, you also have the medical part of it. So, that's a whole different level of specialization within the uh, firefighting world? Because you said you were a medic. Uh Uh-huh. You're a medic.
2: Yep. I'm a paramedic and uh, went to nursing school. So... Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times you'll find that uh, personnel to keep up. You may not uh, run enough of a certain type of call or they want to continue keeping up with these advanced skills. And a lot of them may end up working EMS jobs away from the fire department to keep those skills up, typically in in a different community or maybe even your own community here uh, with LifeNet. But uh, the EMS side right now, we have uh, 23 paramedics and believe we have 36, 37 advanced uh, Mm -hmm. personnel. And then uh, we have some regular EMTs and you get in this business, you'll end up going through EMT class. And then after you complete that certification, then you can advance your medical career and either go to an advanced class or paramedic class being the top in the EMS uh, realm of certifications.
0: So there's lots of places to grow and become more of an asset by taking additional classes to help the community. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to have to ask about driving a fire engine. (sighs) Do you get to do that?
2: I used to. I don't anymore.
0: I'm thinking that would be the thing. I want to drive really fast and go through all of the lights, like, really fast and everybody just stopped for me.
2: Yeah. That's, that, to me,
0: would be a rush.
2: We don't let our guys do that.
0: Oh, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> so, no,
2: the, one of those trucks, it's amazing um, how heavy yeah. and how maneuverable they can be and mm-hmm. then how much power they have. So right. you have to be very careful.
0: So it's probably harder to drive than it might seem.
2: Absolutely. And we was thinking about uh, one of our trucks today, and um, it's, it's a right at about 43 feet long.
0: Oh my god. And is then wrong.
2: when you start And they talk, can
0: back, they back it up and parallel park those things. They
2: back it up and it's amazing what that equipment will do and how heavy it is yeah. and how maneuverable but uh, you know should you strike something going through an intersection those things typically have no forgiveness yeah um, they're so heavy and they sit so high up that uh, typically whatever you hit does not fend too well against them and so we're always telling our guys as far as be cautious be cautious be cautious
1: see that alone looks like a skill set to me Cause I can barely have... drive my Nissan Versa yeah I mean that thing is two feet off the ground yeah but they I think it would be fun to drive one. Oh yeah I, yeah I think so. Parallel park
0: that, baby. Yeah, the skill that it takes for that. (laughs)
2: You know, for our city streets are equipped for that, uh, those apparatus. Uh Uh-huh. The thing is, when you get a call and you have to go out into rural, in our rural response area, we may, you have to try to get out a book and see your county bridges, what will hold that equipment
0: oh, wow. because that
2: equipment is so heavy so
0: because that would change the path you it changes
2: the path you got to wow. take and then some of that stuff on dirt roads and inclement weather it causes problems as far as uh, getting stuck, and so it, it does have its uh, set of challenges once you get outside the city.
0: Well, I would even think going down some of the narrow residential um, areas,
2: sorority areas. Yeah, and they
0: have all the cars out yep. on parked on the street because I imagine you run into we can't get down this road, mm-hmm. and you have to find an alternate route. I don't know I mean, what your options are.
2: That is unique to a college town is all the pedestrian traffic and especially what it brings in game days and this year maybe have its whole unique set if not having as many people um, in town on game day but typically on a game day if we respond up around osu whether it's on a fire alarm medical call those can it will take longer and whether people come off the sidewalk and if not watching, oh, yeah. and they'll get in, in the, into the path of the vehicle. So we have a gator, um, a John Deere gator yeah. that has a medical sled on it that a lot of times it's a lot easier to maneuver on game days up in that crowd now that we've got about two years ago. So a lot of times on a medical response, we'll respond it just for safety.
1: So what if you can't find an alternate route to your destination? What, what happens then?
2: Um, just about every response, there is a, an alternate route. I mean, I don't know that we've had that. Um, should they uh, come into that? A lot of times you can dump water to uh, less your weight and then once you get past that bridge, cover a bridge. yes and, and we've dumped those before on a tanker to get across a bridge and then we get across the bridge and then they can end up uh, finding a source of water at that point
1: right because I was just thinking about like where I live yeah. I'm out in Stroud of course but there's three entrances to get to my house one is down a back dirt road that is hillier than any hills you've ever seen. And then the other two, you enter on a dirt road for one, and you go onto a weight limit bridge. Or from the other, you enter from 66 onto a weight limit bridge, and that's the same. There's really no route around that.
0: Yeah. So now you're starting to think. I'm um,
1: thinking, how safe am I? Yeah.
0: Well, it's a good thing you're buying a new house. Uh, Yeah, it's a good thing I'm getting out of here. Yeah. all right well thank you so much jory Uh, i think you gave us a lot to think about and as and if people are thinking about a career in uh, the fire service they could just call you
2: yeah absolutely and uh, we field calls uh, i would say just about every week people Mm -hmm. looking for a career path and uh, wanting to know what they need to do first and whether it's here or at another department and we can sure give them advice and steer them to some of these Uh, educational places, whether it be college, technology, uh, center, whatever it may be, and try to help them out. Because there's a great
0: need for them. Absolutely. And it's it's hard to finish all that stuff to get hired.
2: Yes, it is. Sometimes it it can be a road that feels like it never ends to get to it.
0: But it's such a great and rewarding job yep. when you get there. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much. We'll ask you to come back. Well, thank you for you having can, me. I uh, appreciate it. Because I'd like to talk a little bit more about the, the paramedic side of what uh, you guys do.
2: Yeah, it's an exciting
0: world. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. listening to fyi stillwater if you like this episode help us out and give us a like
1: or share us with your friends stay tuned for our next podcast
0: if you have a question for city hall email news at stillwater.org and in the next podcast we'll answer a few of them fyi stillwater is available on our website at stillwater.org spotify and just about anywhere else you enjoy your podcast